Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from listeners like you. Learn how you can support the show and get exclusive podcast merch, including stickers, book totes, and more, by visiting matthewcwinner.com. I think when the children are able to go back, it's gonna, you're going to be the first, this could be the first time in history. A child is can't wait. To get back to every page of this book, you know. Oh, yeah. they probably never come home. They stay in school for like the whole I we sent them to school yesterday. We didn't they didn't come back yet. This is the children's book podcast, episode number six thirty-eight. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash Matthew C Winner if you want to support the show. Today I'm joined by Connie Schofield-Morrison and Frank Morrison, the team behind the best-selling I Got the Rhythm and the Spirit series, including the newest title, I Got the School Spirit. These books star a spirited girl named Miraculous and her luminous ability to bring joy, space, and light to wherever she is. It won't surprise you to know that Connie and Frank are much the same as their lead character. Truly, I feel blessed just to have spent time in conversation with them. And now that I get to share this conversation with you, I am absolutely all smiles. Enjoy in a very big way. Please welcome my guests, Connie Schofield Morrison and Frank Morrison, author and illustrator of I Got the School Spirit. Hello, everyone. My name is Connie Schofield Morrison. I'm a published children's book author. I'm also a beauty connoisseur. I have a cosmetic line. Um, it's called Icon Cosmetics by Connie Morrison. And I am a mother of five, a wife of soon to be 30 years, and a new glam mom. I'm just two years into, I mean, two months into being a glam mom, and I absolutely love it. Hi, I'm Frank Morrison, and I'm an illustrator. I illustrate, I've illustrated over 30 picture books, and I'm also a fine artist. And I love being able to create images of all little children, all nationalities, so everyone can feel important in picture books. Well, I'm so glad to be talking to you both. And Connie, I had no idea 
I had no idea of this amazing life of yours. I'll link it all in the show notes, but I'm going to be Googling you after this. That's awesome. Okay. Wow. And a, and a new you. glam mom. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> and Frank is the pop pop. He's oh, the there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that. That's great. And Frank, yeah. I should say, not only have I, have I known and loved your work for a long time, but I think you're also uh, an artist that many of us recognized by by your style by your voice as an artist and uh, i think that that's a that's a really cool thing my kids last year um we had well we've had i've done a, a mock credit scott king for the past several years with uh in the different oh, schools wow. i've been in where we where we run it like a book bracket and then we wow. reach the end of our book Uh-oh. bracket in time for <laughs> for ala and then uh-huh. what we do in is that we often will be reaching then out the kids take over my twitter account i've talked about this on on the oh, podcast wow. before but they take over my twitter account k through four and they send messages to the authors and illustrators of any of the books we had nominated and Frank, I don't know if you remember that last year when Roots of Rap was nominated, or maybe it was two years ago, whatever it was, I had like, I could not stop children from messaging you and Carol all the time. That book, that book. And I was like, oh, you know Frank's work. You've known his other books before. So that was just, I mean, the way that the way that you both are reaching children, the fact that you chose to make books for kids to engage that audience is Uh is something wonderful so thank you for choosing i think the best audience you could oh thanks man it's a pleasure yes it really is it really is yeah yeah we i think we're just inspired by our children um it's we would we would have um kids come to the house we have this little girl named zaisha we moved to um (laughs) we moved to to georgia from from new jersey and we have this little girl. Um, we live on a like two houses from the corner, a house away from the corner. And Zaisha lived on the corner. She's like right on that little corner in this beautiful subdivision. And every once in a while, you we go outside in the front yard and you see her peeping out behind a tree, <laughs> right? And she peeped out. And then next, you know, yes. you know, then she got bold. You see her, she'd be on the sidewalk and then yes. go back to her house. And then after like a week go by, she get closer and closer. Yes. And then next thing you know, she'd be at the house playing with uh, Naya, our daughter yeah. Naya. Aww. And and then, so it's like we adopted her. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere we went, Zaisha went. And Aww. so it got to the point where it was like she didn't have to bring clothes. When we go out, we just buy clothes for her and Naya. Yeah. You know, it was just, and so that was like, and we just became those kind of parents where children could come over to the house and they would play basketball, play sports. They kind of can cook, so they would love eating Connie's, Connie's amazing dishes. And so we just went to that house, and, you know, it brought me back to how we grew up as children. You always had that one house you can go to yeah. where you felt at home. And I think that's what we, we did, and I think that's what we're trying to do with the Spitches books is inclusion. Um, Connie, you, you can attest to this. When, when Nari and TJ started skateboarding, I mean, it's like we had, we, it was, it reminded me of International Cook Day when I was in school. Exactly. <laughs> it yeah. would be, uh, it would be a, 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 a gumbo full of different faces, brown, white, Every whatever, would be day. there at the house. She'd be like, wow, we got to even get a, 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 we had to learn different languages. Remember the kid that came in from, who was from Iran and spent the Some night? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're like, oh, hi. He just, you know, you knew how to say hi. I, lo- I love it. that. I yeah. love that you're not even yeah. just like neighborhood friends. 
You're like yeah. neighborhood foster parents, not taking oh. in individual children in an actual foster system, but rather caring for the neighborhood that you are the, oh, yes. the, the hub that yes. everyone could go to. That's cool. Oh yeah. yeah. We love that. We love that. And um, yeah. Yeah. Is that where these, these, I got the rhythm. I got the spirit books come from just that joy. There's so much joy in these books and, and the way you have your main character, just walk through the world, walk through the neighborhood. Uh, just, just feeling, feeling the excitement of, of every moment you're encountering. Does it come from that? Or maybe, maybe the characters modeled after one of your kids. I don't know. Wow. It's, it's, Okay, so I Miraculous is the little girl's name, and her image is quite a few little girls along with our two daughters. Um, but the actual I Got the Rhythm, it started from my childhood. I lived in New York, in Brooklyn, in, a, um, in the projects. wasn't the best area, but everybody was family-oriented. And um, my reality... And what went on in my life every day was not what I wanted it to be, so to speak. So I would recreate different things in my head. I lived my life based on what I felt, not what people, you know, how my parents might have um, laid the track for me to live or how people might have said I had to live. I lived it to the beat of my own drum. So that's how it started. And then moving into now and you know, even back, because Zaisha is now grown and Naya is actually grown. Zaisha is about to be a mom. But even in the um, early 2000s with the girls, um, seeing them in the neighborhood and just seeing, comparing my childhood living versus their childhood living was exciting because it was almost like back in the 80s, the Brady Bunch to me. Mm -hmm. Now moving into my children and you know, our added on children, it's like, wow, they have this spectacular life. And so every day they had a different rhythm. And so I guess it's, you know, and even with Frank and us being teenagers and meeting each other and him dancing and watching him <laughs> dance and just seeing the rhythm and everything, yeah. I <laughs> sort of felt like, wow, life is just one big musical. And so... When I write, I write with the rhythm. And I sing sometimes. I sing a lot of times. But I'll, it's like a rhythmic thing. So, yes, I can answer your question as to a yes. Just seeing how um, the kids are in the neighborhood, my children, and even my past experiences give me, you know, this rhythm to write the books that I write. Hmm. That's sweet. That's sweet. I, I think um, when I when I illustrate the books, and I and what I think what you do with your your writings, you're you're highlighting the beauty of the day. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think you're doing. That, that um, a lot of the times you're, you know. But here's it was a crazy story on when I illustrated. Um, I got the rhythm. It was a big learning uh, uh, period, a point for me. I had uh, drawn out the sketches, and it was crazy because this is like the first time I ever worked with uh, author, and um, it was working with Connie, my wife. So I'm working with Connie and I, and I drew out this, uh, this the, the book, I drew the, the sketches for the book and it was just basically a little girl dancing. 
It was a little girl dancing. She was she was doing all these crazy moves, and you know, I used to be a dancer. I danced with Sybil, and I did all that stuff and videos and all the movies and all that kind of stuff. And so I just had this little girl dancing throughout the pages, right? And it didn't go anywhere. And I submitted it to my um, and I thought it was great because it was some cool moves. She was breaking, she was spinning, I had a popping. She's yeah. doing the king type. Yeah, I was like, okay, awesome. she got the rhythm. She got the rhythm. She she getting it in like the Les Twins and all that guys out there. Yeah. And Joe and them. I was like, oh great, she's killing it. Then I sent it to uh, my agent, and at the time I was with a different agency. And um, the the agent got back to me, said, hey man, great sketches. Where's the story at? I was like, what do you mean? Story. You, don't, you don't like the moves? You don't, maybe you're not a dancer. Maybe you got to be a dancer to understand. I was like, he's like, no. And this goes to all illustrators out there, and it may pertain to artists as well, is that the story has to, your images have to reflect a story. Right. Your images have to tell the story. And it depends on what you see. And what the greatest part about when Connie writes these, I got the rhythm, she's not saying that she sees the rhythm in the park. But because I look back and now I'm thinking about what my and go back to what my agent had so, told me, I said, okay, well, well, how do I tell a story? And I started thinking about, well, I grew up, and and what did I enjoy seeing? What do I enjoy seeing with my children doing right now? And what can I incorporate around me that could go into? And where could the story go? And so we literally wake up in the morning on the, I got the first book, and she's with her mother, and then she goes outside. And what does she see when she's outside? She's in New York and she's in a, a urban environment or something right, like that. Right. She sees the buildings. She so she sees the buildings, the rhythm of the buildings. If you go to the school spirit, you know, she sees the buildings and she's in this classroom. It's the hallway. You know, that sometimes you're but this little girl in the hallway is now she's taking on another service. And now the story didn't call for that, but I'm like, okay, what if some kids are nervous going to school? So I right, said, right. okay, have this little girl that she's now being a, a, um, a friend to, a big friend, a big sister to, and she's saying, oh, I can do it. You know, and that's where you have to go as an artist and as an illustrator. And I think even as an author, sometimes you have to, well, most of the, well, all the time, you have to tell a story and you have to make it intriguing and make it interesting for that, mm -hmm. uh, for the audience, you know? Right, right. Yeah, right. That, those page turns are not just what is the artist going to show us next is it's where is the story going next? That page exactly. turn is, is revealing the drama of the continued story. Otherwise we're just doing tricks. Yeah. So, right. so that, oh, that's, what are you saying? What are you saying? You know, that my story. story no. Oh, 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 wait, I've been, I've been holding in. I've been holding in a great compliment. Oh, just you wait. Are you, are you? The, the, <laughs> Frank, I'm saying No. <laughs> And now, after 600 episodes, Matthew tells his guests what he really feels. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I think that the way that you've, you've, you've understood this girl. Did you say, Connie, her name is Miraculous? Her name is Miraculous, yes. How did you learn her name? Did, did the character tell you? Did one of your uh, children tell you or a neighborhood kid? No. So I get these special feelings like I get feelings I can feel people's pain I can feel people's happiness and like here in Georgia I'm known as the connector I, I could see people and say oh this person and this person could could write together or they could work together or what they could dance together and so with miraculous a lot of and also a lot of my um, different themes and 
suggestions come through other people in dreams, like real life dreams. Mm. And so miraculous was just a word that my deceased grandmother um, came to me and said, you know, everyone that God created and everything that God created was miraculous, but it brought me to dream, brought me back to a childhood uh, memory of my grandmother actually saying it. And so I said, you know what? This little girl can be everybody. It could be anybody's little girl. And everything and everyone that God created is miraculous. It's amazing. They're amazing. And so that's why I came up with the name because a lot of little girls also, they look at covers and they're like, that's me. That's me. But that's me could be Shanice. It could be Connie. It could be Tracy. It could be Michelle. And so I said, well, you know, if it's miraculous and if she's miraculous, that can be anybody. Yes. That's so me. That's, I'm miraculous. That's yes. brilliant. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. And so that's how I um, came up with the name through thanks to my grandma. <laughs> but um, yeah, through a dream. Hey there, book nerds. Holiday shopping is upon us, and you know what's even better than hearing bookmakers share their stories while you're out shopping or perusing online? Having those stories in your home, your classroom, your library, or your life to be enjoyed over and over. Bookshop.org allows you to purchase your favorite books from the show and support local bookstores while doing it. I even maintain lists of all the books shared each season, so it's easy to find what you're looking for. Visit MatthewCWinner.com and click on Shop, or use the link in the show notes to find your next favorite story. Well, Frank, what I was going to say to you was that were you going to apologize no no i'm not (laughs) baby i'm sorry i'm not sorry Um, (laughs) no i was going to say that i i can see actually quite unapologetically you you can't help but keep your characters from dancing on each page and miraculous here you're you there's how do I say this as a person that doesn't make art? You can almost see when you read a lot of picture books where the artist is willing to draw a character and where they might be fearful to depict a character in a certain way or position or movement or something. I don't know what, I can't quite put my thumb on it, but when I look at your art, I see that you're not afraid to show the very first page of, of I've Got the School Spirit Miraculous is just like bending back, holding up this shirt. It's wordless. And you can just see this this posture that's like, I am taking in the sun. This is like a yoga pose to choose the clothes. And we just have page after page. I'm obsessed with the toothbrushing picture where you have her looking uh, in the mirror and she's crossing her um, legs and there's like uh, one foot, the toes are pushing down hard. I yeah. see dance. Uh, I have a dancer, my five-year-old, that is all she wants to do is dance and perform and sing. And I wow. see that when you say in the words, I got the school spirit, I see that that, that spirit, that joy is just in her body and cannot help but come out. And Frank, I think for you, in your capable hands to illustrate this child that way. It is what you were saying before that you, you as the artist 
have to you have to carry that half of the book. Connie's words are carrying Absolutely. the words for us and the rhythm for us. But if the art does not, how do you say? Like, if the art betrays the words, then something's <laughs> gonna fall flat. So you really have exactly. a high bar that you have to raise to. Yes. What's the question? So my question is, <laughs> my my question part was like, can you just not help but but dance and 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 do all that? But maybe I think what I wanted to say is, can you feel yourself in these characters that you that you paint that you draw? Are you a person that like? I remember my dad showing me these old videos uh, of of the Walt Disney animators looking in the mirror as they are drawing themselves. Uh-huh. to get this expressions just right is that how uh-huh. you are is that how you accomplish getting the movement and the energy into these into these illustrations i you know it's weird i don't even see them as elongated or dancing that's kind of weird it's just you know i just i was yesterday i had i got an email back from the, from the editor and they said well could you make him less elongated and i'm like what, what is he elongated really <laughs> it's kind of weird <laughs> kind of weird because um well i think what happened is i was a graffiti artist and um and i well i still do graffiti and um and when i wanted to find a style i used to when i first came into the game i was i was uh i came in through the fine art and i went to a gallery that's not in existence but it was just art gallery and just art was this one little gallery frame shop gallery that was in it was on the way talking um this is back in the 90s it was on the way uh, um going towards connie's house so I was dating Connie at that time. And I would walk to this, walk to our house. And um, on the way there, they opened up a gallery. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'd stop in there. And every time I'd put my nose right to the canvas and they would look at me and I was dressed. It was the 90s, so we had a lot of baggy clothes. They wasn't sure what I was or who I was. What is he doing? And he was like, oh, great. Um, eventually, after the 12th time, let me say something to this guy Tony came out Yvonne came out to introduce himself they're like hey how you doing what do you want what do you want oh no (laughs) I explained to him I was an artist and I explained to him that I was not just an artist I was one of the greatest artists they probably ever met yeah Oh, God. Wow, no, the swagger. Crazy. That's amazing. I was, yeah, I was swagger, Mama. I was I was very humble. I went, I, up until that point, the only artwork I was interested in was when I was dance when I danced for Silver, I happened to go to the Louvre Museum. And um so that was one of my requirements. My art teacher made me go. And so I was inspired. I had the bug when I came back. And um back to what they said, the states. I had the bug. So there was a gallery. I go to this gallery. Eventually, they talk to me, and they and then we get this great rapport with them. They become like family to Connie and I. Yeah. And Tony and Bob, we missed them. I don't know what happened to those guys. But anyway, one of the things Tony told after a while, I brought my work in, and I did this wonderful watercolors, and it was dead on realism. And I was inspired by an artist named Alonzo uh, Adams at that time. And I was just I said, well, I'm gonna do watercolors like Alonzo. I'm gonna do watercolors. And then he said, Frank, you know what? You can paint everybody identical. It's great, that one, but we can't see a signature in your work. If you put your pieces on the wall, you can't tell it that from the other. It all looks, you know, who, what makes you different? Huh. And I went back and I said, well, what do I love to do besides eat peanut butter and chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> that is not where I thought you were going. That was fantastic. <laughs> That's what I love to do besides eating peanut butter and chocolate. 
<laughs> Life goals. Here we go. I said that was something I was gonna put together, and I didn't think anyone else could come up with putting peanut butter in chat. And and then I went and found there was a Reese's peanut butter cup. But either way, but I said, well, I love graffiti, and I love Ernie Barnes. I grew up watching, oh. and I grew up watching Good Times, and I was a dancer already, and I loved. The whole, and I love people, and I love to laugh, and I love hope, and I love challenges. And I believe what I found, when I merged all that together, uh, it was called mannerism. And mannerism speaks to all of that. And what I called mine was urban mannerism. In the beginning, I painted similar to Ernie. Ernie, would, I'm sure, was like, he would, he was always talking now from heaven, like, yeah, Frank, you better say something. <laughs> <laughs> You why I'm on the scene. I'm the reason why you're talking now. That's right. right. And then so I changed it over to an urban mannerism because Ernie caught everything from the 50s. I caught everything from now. I wanted to paint current in the 50s and 60s. I wanted to paint current. And so I merged that whole manneristic style into what I consider urban mannerism, which would mean modern mannerism. I, I can title it now. I would say modern mannerism in, in that speak in that aspect. It's something like how, how uh, if so, the art guys out there, if you didn't know who Ernie Barnes was, he painted on Good Times. And then, and if you want to know about Michelangelo, the Renaissance, they always juxtaposition the body and they always put this emotion into it. And when I get to fast forward to the picture books. That's what I wanted to portray because it hadn't been there up until that point where you can show expressionism, not just from the smile on the face, he's happy, but the emotion of that reaching out, like on that first page where she's reaching and yawning. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. just, oh gosh, and it makes you feel like how you feel in the morning, you know, reaching out. And I think that's what I try to incorporate all the things that I enjoy about life into the paintings. Connie, how did you approach this book in particular? Because you've got not just the spirit that's within this girl, this joy, this excitement to go to school, but then really beautifully, you weave it into uh, breathing in calmness, uh, breathing in the opportunity to share, giving strength to somebody else. You really, you really see this spirit move in and out of, of everyone in community together. Uh, is that, is that where you were leading with this book all along? I find that to be such a beautiful image for what I think school is, that communal experience. Yes, it is the communal experience as well as there are a lot of situations in school. Um, School is a world in itself. And so there are bullies, there are kids that are gifted, creative, there are kids that um, have learning disabilities, there are handicapped kids, there are all types of little people and big people in situations. And so with Right and I Got the School Spirit, I wanted to capture everything um, with everybody, the kids that are scared um, to leave their parents on the first day, kids that don't have friends um, or big families and are afraid to meet new people, the introverted kids, the um, kids that are that innovate, the kids that are just happy all the time, the kids that are in situations at home that are, are sappy, I mean, are sad. I wanted to be able to create a book where it brought everybody um, together. And it's just like college. You get kids from all over the world mm-hmm. that will come to a specific college in one big 
classroom with one professor and some of them are from China or some of them could be from Russia. They speak different languages, but everybody has to have an understanding or the capacity to understand that one professor. So I wanted it where every child that reads a book speak the same language, understand the same thing. And I have this um, saying that I've, I've been saying forever, if you could change the mind of a child, you could potentially change a generation, which can ultimately change the world. And so when I wrote that book, I was thinking about all the kids, like these are the kids that I talk about when I say they could change the world, you know, one day. And so that's what I um, was thinking of. You know, that it, it is a communal um, experience. I was thinking about everybody, every situation, whether it was good or bad. Oh, yeah. whether it was what, what kind of kid small. were you in school, Connie? What kind of student were you? I was considered a nerd that was bullied for the first, the first eight years of, well, the first eight grades of oh, my Connie. school. I'm I was, so sorry. Um, bullied. So... No, I was it's, the bully. It's it's okay you were because, Frank. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's okay because um, actually now who I've grown to be, you know, I say knowing is growing, right? Yeah. And so I've realized that our creator, he creates everything. He, he allows the good and he allows the bad. And not everything bad is meant for a horrible situation. Some things is that's bad is just for us to know our strength, know who God did in us when he was sitting down writing that sketch, you know, and I realized my strength. I realized, wow, God chose me to go through a lot of these situations so that I would have the full understanding of what it is to be abused, what it is to be hurt, what it is to fall down and get back up, why we fall down to get back up, what it is to mm. lose, to ultimately win. And I realized, wow, all of this situation, and at the end, you always win. And so I don't regret anything in life that I've gone through because I needed to go through it so that I could grow through it, so that I could help others. And I'm, I'm doing it. I'm actually helping people, and to help others, it's a blessing to me. Yeah. To bless someone is a blessing right back to me times 10. So I um, I don't regret anything. I, I really don't. You're beautifully, I wonderfully, really perfectly made and blessed to be a blessing. I hear, I hear those same messages that I had growing up too. And it took me yeah. into adulthood to believe them because yes. I, I think one of the weird blessings of us all being connected over social and kids mm -hmm. being connected over social is that it allows you to see that like, you you thought you were alone when when I was a kid. I thought I was alone. Like I was a sensitive kid. I'm still a sensitive person, but the things I liked made me feel like I loved Nintendo. I love being a Nintendo fanboy, and I loved comics. And I love these things that felt like they pushed me to the outskirts. And then you realize now, so many other people love that. We just never connected. Isn't that right. isn't that something? It's right. ridiculous. It's isn't definitely that, something. It, yeah. It's a, it's. I feel like um. You know, I was when I was in. Thanks for asking what kind of student I was. Uh, you oh, guys. we heard what kind of student <laughs> you were, didn't we? I thought we heard that. Listen, to that. listen. Did age. you see how I? How I'm I was still like, here. Oh wait, was I'm I being? Still here. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Frank, it was, was me. It was me reverting back to my childhood I self and not wanting to get picked on by you. <laughs> 
the heck happened? Anyway, back to Frank. Gosh. Oh no. Uh, so I love, I love, believe it or not, defending kids that were picked on. So anyone to tell you in high school, I was a fighter. And I fought every year. Once I figured out I could fight, I fought every year. Yeah. And who I fought for were kids that were handicapped, that were kids that were the less than, that didn't have. I didn't have a lot growing up. And so I was considered poor. And um, then, then we figured out that we weren't even poor. There wasn't a name for what we were. <laughs> we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, no, no. I'm sorry. We're poor. We're poor. You're, you're not us. Oh, like, we're bad. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> oh. You're not us. <laughs> you're not us. I know you heard that. Oh, no. No, no sorry, Frank. It's, we're poor. It's, you're, you're, yeah. No. <laughs> you're not us. Please, you need to go over there. Go over there. So, when I, so anyway, so I was a fighter. I was a fighter, and I, and, um, because I fought for, like, basically the kids that were, you know, like, okay, my little group. You want to crack on us? Okay, well, you better be quiet with it um, because there's something going to happen to you. But that's how I was, and I drew all the time. But uh, but it's weird because we it's you grow up and we we, we want to see the best for our children. And um, it was when I got the rhythm, back to the story. Um, we <laughs> my kids my when my kids weren't always like my 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 Nairi wasn't really great with sports. And you grow up and you're like, oh, wow, you, you're African-American, so you must be able to, stereotypes come in. You must be able to play basketball, you must be able to run, play football. You have to do the typical sports that's, um, that required like one ball or one thing, you know, a basketball and a net or basketball or football. That's what you play. Now, he wasn't that great with those sports. He could play football, but he'd hit too hard. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, you're going gonna to get in a, you're going to get us. I'm going to go out here and have to fight everybody. <laughs> I don't want to go and get children's yeah. parents, right? And so Nari wasn't that great at the sports, at, at, at athletics. And then they found something called a skateboard. It was oh by me God. going, we bought it one year. They never used it. I went down a hill with no shoes on, rolled <laughs> down, oh. down the hill, and so almost bad. broke my leg. Oh, and next thing you know, they love skateboarding. No, don't Matthew, try to do we that. Told him Matthew, that. Matthew, you, you, don't try that now. Him. I don't want to hear that. Matthew, we told him not to do it. That's with why I'm like, no shoes we on. Fra- oh yes, God. we told Frank not. Frank being, is a daredevil. Frank being is a, a man and a Frank father, do it. we do. That's what men and fathers do. We skateboard without shoes on. I apparently am neither of those things. Then. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. We yeah, told but Frank the crazy not to are, do it. It was a subdivision. You know, we went to the back of the subdivision. No one has. They were building, but it was hilly. And so oh I said, oh, okay, I'm going to go down this skateboard. I'm going to go down with, you know, down this little hill. And then what happened, is I, by the time I got to the middle, I realized that the ground, the, the pavement was going. And I was like, oh, there's no more pavement. I was like, oh, snap, I don't have shoes on. Then I looked, there was no more grass. It's just straight rocks and dirt. Rocks. I'm like, oh, yeah. snap. I'm only two seconds in, and I'm going to hurt myself. So I'm thinking, okay, what I'm going to do now is I'm either going to jump off because I can't and roll, oh jump God. and roll, jump and roll. And when I woke up, my kids were over me <laughs> laughing. <laughs> when you woke up, oh, no. I, like, I, didn't go, I, 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 said, I didn't go. I was in the house because 
I told him not to do it, and he did it. Well, so. and then, you know, to redeem myself, months later, after my kids became perfect skateboarders, one of them skated for Little Wayne. Uh, the other one, he also has a skateboard company. Nariza, amazing skater. They, these guys are just skating their behinds off. I think it's despite me. But either way, I yeah. wanted to redeem myself without anyone around and went to a skate park, an indoor skate park. And oh they had this thing God. that was a half pipe. Yeah. What so I saw it was this a U. It was a U. I was like, I could do a U turn in a car. I could do this. <laughs> so and we all know that skateboards and cars are the exact same thing. Same thing. You can drive a car, you can drive a skateboard. It's easier. So anyway, I, I, I got to the top of the mountain and I realized I got to ski down that thing. And the guys were like, oh, oh, don't do gosh. it. Don't do it. I don't heard do it. it. I heard do it. <laughs> I didn't hear the don't. Hurt. I heard do it. Just do it. <laughs> so after to the top of the other side without the skateboard, and then they laughed. They said, did you sign that agreement? <laughs> okay, we'll go on home. And I, oh, I haven't any sense. I gave up skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah, but I, what yeah. I hear in that, Frank, is really yeah. – what I hear in that is that you, you showed – as we do as parents – you showed your kid that I'll take the first steps. You don't need to be afraid, and I can exactly. get up if I fall too. And that—that's yes. a—that's a really big lesson. Thank you for cleaning that up. Thank you. I appreciate you cleaning that up. The kids wasn't there the second time. The, I just wanted to prove to myself just, just I could for do yourself, it. Oh, God, just, to, just to prove that you would indeed fall, <laughs> even if no one's watching. A tree does fall in the forest. Yes. Oh, yes. Jesus. <laughs> I did that, and I know not to do it again. <laughs> oh my god. I don't even get on a trampoline. They want to say, Dad, why don't you get on a trampoline? I think when I get on it, it's going to pop. No, I get on I get on a trampoline. I'm not. I do. I, I think it's sitting there waiting every day for three, four years, waiting for me to get on it just so it can just explode and I can, it can wrap me up like a, a bag of popcorn. That's Kid, what I do. That's oh right. Kids, gosh. you've grown up with oh. me. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> yes, I'm not doing it. I went on a slide the other day last year. And oh, I, that, I went down and I didn't realize that if you go to a park in the morning, the mo the dew is on the ground. Oh, so, is, oh yeah, I'm with goodness. my daughter. I take her to the park. The dew is on the ground. I go to the top of the slide. But, you know, us growing up in the 80s, you don't slide on your butt. No. You slide oh, on your face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. The sky was so blue for that two seconds before I hit the ground. <laughs> and then, I mean, it was just a... I, I, I was like a bluish green. There was no clouds. And I'm thinking, why is everything so blue? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so when my daughter got me, shook me up, <laughs> she's only like eight years old. And she's like, Dad, Dad, what happened? And I'm saying, I don't know. I got up. There was no air in my system at all. Oh, I had the wind knocked out of you. Rib. I couldn't even breathe, oh, but I'm sitting there. Gosh. How the heck do I tell my daughter I can't breathe? Or the Goodness. other moms. Or the other. Why you have to say the moms? Why you have to say? No, you Connie, they were completely by themselves, right? Everybody had to help him. <laughs> Everybody had to help him. <laughs> what, what drove me crazy is I knew they wanted to laugh, and and, and I knew it because they kept looking to the other side. <laughs> Like trying to help me up, but they're looking like coughing. You know, there's no, there was no pollen in the air. It was mildew. 
Anyway, so the story is because <laughs> dad is telling dad is telling all fathers situation. don't get on the slide with sneakers on. Maybe it was the sneakers. Oh, Maybe it was the sneakers. It had to be the shoes. Oh. Don't get on the slide with wet feet. That's amazing. Oh, Listen, my lessons here. It's been such a joy to talk to you both. What a yes. what a gift you've given me just to have a, a, an afternoon where I could laugh. <laughs> we were talking before recording about just how heavy things feel. But you know, those of us that work with kids and those of us working for kids, making books for them, we know how to tap into that light because we can picture yeah. kids. And those kids are our light and our joy. And I'm so glad that you both are making such wonderful books with 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 kids in mind and joy in mind and connection in mind. Thank you so much for both of you for joining me. I really love my time with you. Oh, thanks for having me. In a pleasure. Thank you. Yes. Before we go, let me let me take you into my library and let me give you a chance to speak directly to some of your readers. Connie, okay. I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message okay. that I can bring to them from you? Yes. So my message is to find the most colorful, brightest book, right? You don't have to know how to read the title. Grab the book and explore through the pictures. It will take you on a wild adventure, a wild adventure. So if it's Paris you dream to go to, Tokyo you dream to go to, New York, grab a book that looks like what you would like to see in those areas. And I bet you, you go on your wildest Third, second, third vacation. Have fun. Oh, thank you, Connie. And Frank, I'll see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message I can bring to them from you? I survived skateboarding. <laughs> I survived the slide. <laughs> I, I'm a survivor. Draw. That's they it. Can't That's awesome. They can't draw on the books in the library. They can't draw on the books in the library. You know what? No. This interview is over with. This interview is over with. I'm tired. I feel like you guys are laughing at me, not with me. We're oh, laughing with I feel with like you, these kids are going to draw and don't kick. Just be brave. Be brave like Frank. <laughs> I children's book podcast is recorded and produced by me matthew winner in my library studio in ellicott city maryland you can subscribe to the show and access the archive of over 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com podcast our theme music is by poddington bear care of the free music archive want to help out the show become a patron at patreon.com slash matthewcwinner and your support and contributions will directly impact my work here. And always, writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest. 
creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.